Mishnah Yod Shmai Avtalia Kiblu Mehem. The next pair were Shmai and Avtalia. And Shmai Oimer Shmaya says, Echavis Hamalacha, love work, Usinoas Harabanas, and hate being a rabbi, being in a position of power, Altis Fadler Shos, and do not connect yourself to the government. These are the words of Shmaya. Now, we know that Shmaya and Avtalia were both converts, and you see amazingly that the Messiah, the link in the chain of the Torah, passes through people who are not born Jews, right? But the Torah is open to anyone who wants to come. Anyone who sees the light of the Torah and applies themselves, regardless of lineage, is able to master it. The Gemara says, My Russia, Yaakov. It's not a Yerusha, but it's a My Russia. My Russia is partial inheritance, right? If you come from Torah lineage and you apply yourself, then certainly it helps you out. The Gemara says, that if you have a three-braided rope, it's very strong. So, anyone who he, his child, and his grandchildren, the Torah returns to its home. But the Torah is open to anyone. Come and learn. Amabez tells us, if someone says, I didn't try and I was successful, I tried, I was not successful, don't believe him. The only way to be successful in Torah or in any spiritual endeavor is through work. So the first saying of Shmaya is, You should love work. You should never be idle. The Mishnah and Subhistaf Nantesamabez talks about the obligations a husband has to a wife and a wife to her husband. And the Mishnah starts listing off that if he wife comes into the marriage with a number of workers or servants, then she has to do less and less. But the Mishnah cautions us, that if she's completely idle, she might lead to promiscuity or insanity. A person has to have a focus in life. Purpose has to, a, a person has to have meaning. They have to have a reason to wake up every day, right? And it can't be, they cannot be idle. The work itself is powerful. And of course, we shouldn't take presents, right? The Gemara says that that a person should even work for an before taking handouts, right? Again, the Gemara qualifies that and says it's not mamish but even a foreign work for you. But you should do everything before taking handouts. Rabbi Akiva says, Right? Don't do anything special for Shabbos so you don't have to take charity. You should always be working your sustained from your own work. Ravotner says that we have a Klaus, right? Someone who hates presence will live. Why is that? Because the whole purpose of the world, the whole reason Hashem created with the world is to bestow gifts upon others, is to be a giver. So when you are a giver, as opposed to a taker, you are engaging in the act of creation. Right? A giver is a creator like Hashem. A taker, on the other hand, is the opposite of creation. So, someone who hates presence, someone who hates handouts, someone who lives off their own work, is literally engaged in the act of creation. Modern science, right? We recently had a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth that explains you have to learn to love the work itself. That those who are most successful in life have this ability called grit. Grit is the ability to persevere and enjoy the work itself. So, love work. If you somehow figure a way, figure out a way to enjoy the actual work, you'll be tremendously successful, right? Imagine if you were to hire someone else to work out for you, to lift weights for you. 
It doesn't do anything for you. It is the work itself. It is the process of straining yourself and overcoming whatever challenges there are that create the growth inside of us, right? John Wooden was famous for saying he loved practice. Practice is when everything got done, right? The game was just a natural outflow of whatever he accomplished in practice. Usnas or Abanas, one should hate being in position of power. Rashi over here quotes in Mar and Brachastav and Heyman, he held himself in a position of power and that's why Yosef died before all his brothers. Why is this so? Why is Rabbanus Mikaberis Espaleo? So we can explain this. Alpidi Gemara and Bab Metziah Davkov Zainam and Beis. Gemara over there says that Rav went into a Beis Akvaris and he uttered an incantation and he came out and said 99% of the people in this cemetery died from Ayin Hara and one of natural causes. Meaning like this, the way Reb Dessler explains Ayin Hara is that when, let's say, you are given a gift from God, right? The guy's driving around in a new sports car and someone else looks at it and it causes him pain. And he says, why, God, why did you give that to him? It opens up an inquiry in Shemayim. It is Ma'ir the Midas Adin, right? It takes, in Shemayim, they look and say, well, does it, he actually deserve it? When you look at, some, or when someone, when Ruven looks at Shimon with an Ayin Hara, it opens up a, inquiry into Shimon. Does he actually deserve what we've given him? Right? And that ayin hara can cause the midas hadin to say maybe he does not deserve it. So any time, right, any person opens up an inquiry, that triggers this midas hadin. Now the truth is we know Zardi Yosef Right? The Gemara tells us that children of Yosef are not subject to ayin hara. The Gemara brings two psukim. One pasuk is bein paras ali ayin al tikri ali ayin ela oile ayin. They are above the eye, and the other pasuk is v'yid gulare bekerva aretz. They're compared to fish. Ma dogim shabayam ein ayin harshet letus bam. Av sarad yosef ein ayin harshet letus bam. Right. So either the children of Yosef are considered above the eye, or they are beneath the eye. Right. There's a big nafkamina on a taina that there are some people that are so gregarious, so benevolent that people love them so much, even if they can. So, I don't want to say show off, but even if their blessings are public knowledge, still no one gives them an ayin hara. That's what we call oile ayin. But other people, right, who don't have that quality, that aren't just naturally beloved, right, you have to be a little more careful as to what you show because there you have to be somoy mina ayin. The Gemara says, Lishach Hashem bracha ba'asamecha. Hashem will send blessing literally in your storehouses, but we darshan, your blessing should be kept away from the eye. Right? So again, there are two, there are two ways to get away from the ayin hara. One is if you're oily ayin, if you're so gregarious and so beloved that you're above the eye, and the other is if you keep your blessings quiet, you don't show it off. I always say, if you don't know which person you are, you're not an oily ayin, right? The oily ayin is rare. But really, we can extend this further, right? And I'll, I'll say, how did Yosef get this quality of being Eile Ayin? So perhaps we can suggest a shot based on the Psuk. And the Pesach says that originally, Hashem saw that Leah was hated and he opened her womb, whereas Rachel was barren. So is the fact that Hashem saw that Leah was hated the reason that he opened her womb or the reason that both he opened a room and virachal akara. So, 
right? Is it Vayar Hashem Kisnu Aleh? Is that the reason for Vayiftaches Rachma or for Vayiftaches Rachma and the Rachel Akara? So the answer, I believe, is is the reason for both. And here's my proof that Rachel does not have a kid until Leah davens for her, right? When does Rachel finally ha- have a kid? After Leah has six boys. Right. And then it says, and Rashi says, why did she call her daughter Dina? Because she was done a Kavachimra She said, if this one is a boy, then Rachel will not even have as many kids, as many boys as one of the Shvachis. So she davened for Rachel. The second she davened for Rachel, the next Pasuk is Vayiskarli Kim is Rachel. So Rachel, again, not that Rachel had done anything to cause Leah pain. Yaakov didn't hate Leah. What happened is Yaakov loved Rachel a little more. And when a person has two wives and loves one a little more, it's the same as hating Leah. So Leah was caused pain through Yaakov's love of Rachel. Regardless of Rachel not having any culpability for that pain, there was some sort of a kitrig. There was some sort of a din. There was some sort of an ayin hara that Leah had against Rachel that prevented her from having kids. But as soon as she got past that and she downed for Rachel, the next second, and perhaps in that prayer that Leah had for Rachel that caused Yosef to be born, he was born with the exact opposite, with no shlita vayinar on him. Because Leah finally prays for Rachel and absolves herself of that vayinar, Yosef's children are forever inoculated from Ayin Haras. That's why Zahar the Yosef don't have Ayin Haras, but that's only if they don't bring it upon themselves. But if Yosef was Nag Atzmai Birabanas, if he somehow triggered, behaved in a way that triggered some sort of claim for someone else, then perhaps that's Mechaberis Hezbollah. I just want to point out that the Marshat and Brachas Daphne and Hay, where it says his more, it says, Chas Shalom, Yosef was not Nag Asmi Rabbanis. He didn't actually do that. We're just darshaning the words, the extra words that Vayamas Yosef, that Yosef died first to show you that someone who is Nag Asmi Rabbanis, that they would die first, right? But not that Yosef actually did that. Be that as it may, right? You see, you have to be very careful when showing off any blessing. The Gemara says it even about the Luchas Rishonis. The Luchas Rishonis were broken because they were not done bitsnias. There was too much fanfare. There's too much fanfare. There's an Ayin Hara. Of course, Rachel's second progeny that becomes king, right, which is Shaul, and then Esther Amalka. The Gemara says this Sneas Shahisa Barachel because Rachel had such Sneas, she was Zeichet to have Shaul, and Shaul was Zeichet to have Esther, who was the ultimate level of Sneas of Ein Esther Magedis Melata. So when you do things bit Sneas, you're not subject to Ein Har at all, and she's able to rule on 127 crunchies. Finally, Valtis Fadler, just don't connect yourself to the government. Again, similarly, power corrupts. When one Rashi over here says, They do not bring a person close except for their own benefit. They use you when they need you, and then they'll get rid of you when they don't. Avtalian Aymer, Avtalian says, the Bartanur says, Avtalian is Avtalan, it means Av Bezdin. Chachamim, be careful with your word. Maybe you'll have to be exiled. The Siglu Mokemayim you go to a place of bad water. Again, the Farshim explain, these are, this is a reference to heretics, to bad students. They will drink your words and die. Now, again, in the historical context, right, we said that Yehuda ben Tabai and Shimon ben Shetach, right, and they were living in the times, right, where, right after Jesus, where Christianity was on the rise. So we're, 
Rav Talim is cautioning the Chachamim to be very careful with your words because your words can be misconstrued, right? Think about nowadays. You post something on Twitter without context or you say something that can be taken in the worst way. Everyone does take it in the worst way. So Rav Talim was cautioning everybody to be very careful at his time when there is a bit of an uprising and things can be taken in the wrong way to be very careful in any way your words can be misconstrued.